Hola Madridistas, welcome to our preview for a La Liga matchup against, you know, one of our most bitter rivals, Valencia. Although, we do have someone who's not so bitter to help us out today in today's preview. Uh, let's welcome today's guest, Gaia. Uh, Gaia, introduce yourself. How are you doing, man? Hey guys, um, it's Gaia here. Um, it's a pleasure to be here on this podcast and to be really game. And as Jacob said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not so bitter um, yeah. rival. So yeah, um, looking forward to the game and looking forward to, to this preview and how it goes. Really? Like, uh, I thought you would have uh, negative thoughts or negative, uh, you know, opinions about Real Madrid. Everybody, everybody has negative opinions <laughs> against Real Madrid. Every single team in the league has negative opinions against Real Madrid. Especially going going into um Saturday's game, um, one of one of the things that local media in Valencia has um has highlighted is the terrible officiating in um in games between Real Madrid and Valencia. You know, people remember the. Ushinaka Ush- Nagi um, and um, this thing, the Albeda Albeda's red card during the Benitez um, the Benitez era. Um, yeah, a, a lot of talk has been surrounding the officiating against um, in games against Real Madrid. And if you remember, um, in the last thirty games, I don't think Valencia has won at the Santiago Bernabéu versus Madrid. So yes, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of criticism concerning the officiating even before the game. A lot of a lot of highlight on that. Yeah. La Liga as a whole has been suffering from that, you know. It's it's not just a me thing uh, or a Real Madrid thing. Uh, let's just say that. Uh, so, but you know, before we get into any of that, uh, let's not forget our MVP on the spot, Farouk. Have you gotten any kind of sleep after yesterday's episode? How are you doing, man? Bro, you and this your you know crappy introductions, man. Come on, you should introduce me better, man. We saw how you introduced okay, Kevin uh, Master. Bro. Calm Farouk, down, Farouk, first of his name. You, you don't need- <laughs> <laughs> The grandchild of Nigeria, the heartthrob of ladies okay. in Milan. What what more do you want? <laughs> now you're 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 making my head swell. Let 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 you know. Let's let's come back to it. Let's come back to it. Yeah, man. You know, uh, yesterday was was a very good one. You know, it it was it was a nice game, and you know we watched uh, quite a good game, and it was a really good discussion after the match with you guys. You know as well. So yeah, it's fantastic, and you know it's 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 so good to have you know Gaia with us here. And if you guys are wondering. Me and Gaia will be kids, man. We come from the same country. We are both two Nigerians, you know. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, Jacob was saying, there is no hostility here. Nigeria meet Nigeria who go fight. Hey, we are just united in, in Nigerianness. That's just it. We are Gaia on that note. Uh, welcome. It's, 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 it's a pleasure to have you on. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here, too. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, before we actually head into the meat of the preview for today, uh, Guy, would you like to take, t- you know, uh, take us on your journey on how you became a Valencia fan? Especially, you know, since we don't see a lot of Valencia fans and whatnot uh, from Nigeria. And uh, uh, you can also uh, maybe describe uh, some things that you put on Twitter because, you know, I read a lot of your tweets and it's all based on La Liga. And you also mentioned you are a follower of Almeria this season. Um, yeah, um, so yes, um, I grew up in a football crazy family, you know, my mom, my dad, yeah, basically everyone around me watched football a lot, but um, one thing was that everybody around me was a Manchester United fan, almost every single person around me was a Manchester United fan growing up, but I didn't feel an identity, I didn't feel connected to Manchester United, and almost around that time, I started watching um, Valencia Football Club, yeah, and um, I think I fell in love, I fell in love with the 
with the atmosphere and um, from from watching it directly on TV, you could see the connection the fans had with the players, you know, the atmosphere, the gameplays and all that. And I fell in love with this team and I said, oh yeah, this is the team I want to identify with, this is the team I want to follow. And yeah, from there on, I started following Valencia. And yeah, it has been a roller coaster ride up till now. Um, in regards to what I do, basically, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about La Liga. I'm a La Liga enthusiast. I, I like to call myself a La Liga enthusiast. Um, Valencia, most importantly. Um, Almeria this season, well, it, has, it hasn't really gone well with Almeria this season because they've had a terrible season despite the, um, the influx and the transfers they, they spent on this season. So yeah, terrible, terrible transfers. But yeah, um, talking about La Liga brings me joy and brings me happiness, you know. So yeah, I follow the league and I, t- I try to follow the clubs as well. Awesome. Yeah, also guys. write from time to time. Uh, where do you write your articles on? I have I have, I have a blog um, on WordPress. That's gaiaive.wordpress.com. Um, I talk mainly about Valencia, actually. All right. Sounds good. You know, uh, but uh, that's all well and good. Uh, and uh, this season, Valencia are actually doing pretty decent. Uh, back from the dead, from, you know, the 16th place finish of last season. Me and Farouk, we actually uh, previewed a lot of uh, the couple of games against Valencia last season. And then we were like... Uh, Farouk, if correct me if I'm wrong, like we both hoped Valencia would get relegated or nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that 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 was the thing, you know, we both hoped I if I recall correctly, because you know, the whole shenanigans with Peter Lim was you know just uh, not making sense anymore. So we just kind of felt that, you know, it was it was important to, you know, uh get rid of the, the parasite and you know, there is no better way to get rid of people like this than, you know, if they start to lose a lot of money and you know, relegation to the second division might be that. And also, you know, the, the rivalry between Real Madrid and Valencia is something that, you know, needs no introduction. And obviously, like, the difficulty of the how, you know, even though, as, you know, Guy I was saying before, like, you know, Valencia haven't won at the Bernabeu in a long time. Like, it's just, you know, those pests that, you know, just come and they never go away easily, you know, no matter how, whatever the result is, like, you know, like Valencia is always there for a fight. And so because of that rivalry, you know, at least you just want them to, you know, just piss off for a while and then they can come back later. <laughs> Piss off for a while, yeah. Um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Gaia, like, would you like? Uh, I know uh, last season we, uh, as a Real, from a Real Madrid fan perspective, we analyzed why Valencia were uh, fighting for relegation for some reason. And then, would you like to, you know, if you don't mind uh, revisiting some past trauma, would you like to take us through the circumstances that led your team there? It's it is it is trauma indeed. It is it is trauma. Um, yeah, I think. Everybody knows the genesis of um, this, you know, Valencia's issues. Um, it's, it's not something that started this season. Earliest um, from from the Celade season, that's when everything started going down the well, where Pitalim decided to sack um, Marcelino Garcia and um, uh, Matthew Alimani because they didn't listen to him and he, they didn't listen to his wishes and what and how he wanted to run the club because uh, Matthew Alimani and they didn't want to prioritize um, a Champions League qualification over winning the cup. Which Marcelino and Matthew did actually achieve. They, they qualified for Champions League and they also won the Copa de Area that season against Barcelona. But then that wasn't satisfactory enough for Pitalim and he decided to let go of both of them, bringing in um, Albert Celades into his first senior managerial role that season. Um, everything started going downhill from then. From there, um, they signed um, after sacking Celades, Vuro came in once again to save the season that year. And then Avi Garcia was signed as, as, as the manager. That season and the transfer window, Pitalim hid behind the, um, the COVID-19 excuse and refused to give Abigail any, any signing 
at the beginning of the season. I mean, the winter in the winter transfer window, they decided to sign Patrick Cotroni, um, Olivia, Jesus Olivia, and um, and Ferry for um, this thing on loan, and all three didn't even have any like any impact. You know, the next yeah. season they brought in Bodalas. Um, Bodalas managed to get into the into the Copa de Rio final, which we lost against Betis. Um, he also made the same complaint, you know, not not getting them signings, not not getting the right signings or the players he wanted. Um, and yeah, but that was, but that was sacked even after after a cup final, I mean, cup final achievement. Yeah, and Gattuso came in. Gattuso also complained about the same thing. Um, although Gattuso did give the fans up this last season, Gattuso gave the fans up. Yeah, um, the fans generally we had up. We thought we could have qualified for the Conference League. Um, I think that was the general feeling among amongst Valencia fans that yeah, there was a possibility of of qualifying for the for the conference league for the conference league. Especially well, we had a bad run of form going into the into the World Cup break. But when we came back from the World Cup break, we faced Madrid in the in the Super Cup semi-final, where we where we played one um, to a one-one draw and the performance in, in that Super Cup semi-final was wonderful, it was beautiful. Um and Gattuso wasn't wasn't backed in the Witan transfer window because he, he asked for Nine Hernandez and he wasn't backed and Gattuso decided to resign. Mm-hmm. Voro came in as usual and Voro lost again to Madrid um, at the Santiago Bernabeu to, to a two-nil defeat. I think he lost to I mean lost to Girona too and um, this in three defeats. Then Barra comes in, you know, and um, one thing that stood or that was that was surprising, not so surprising because he had coached the academy, but then one, th- one thing that that stood out with Barra was was his trust in academy players. Um, Barra decided to take advantage of the fact that yes, this is a youth squad. Why not just give the chances to the youth? Why not just why why not give the chances to, to those people that, that have been in this club, that have been here and that want to be in the club? Um Barra utilizes youth very well. And yeah, although we we, we escaped relegation on, on the on the last day of the season. We escaped relegation on the last day of the season. It was a roller coaster to be honest. But Barra Barra did he, he, he came in and, and, and did what, he, what was expected to do. I've I've been a very big critic. I've been a very big critic of um of Barra's play style, and um believe that I'm listening. Barra might not be the right person for Valencia, but yeah, um he has to be applauded because he has done a very good job, and um saving us from relegation. And now we are currently eight um on the La Liga table, and arguably have the best wonder kid in the league and uh, in in Aviguera. Um yeah, so it's 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 a nice thing actually. Um I think most of most of the fan base might not have hope. Of um, this of, of European places, but I think yes, I might be looking towards a mid-table finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a far. Uh, you come a long way from you know last season. Uh, do you think this uh, form can be sustained, or do you think you actually need uh, some reinforcements in the winter transfer window? Um, I think recently we went on um, this in on the five-game winless run, or I think we had a, a, a win in six games recently. But in that run, we faced um, this thing. We faced um, Real Sociedad. Um, I think we faced um, this thing. Okay, we did beat we beat Atletico Madrid in that run. You beat yeah, Sevilla at the start of the season. Yeah, we beat. But that, that was that was at the start of the season. I don't, I don't think Sevilla season has really gone to plan. Um, this is I, I don't think Sevilla Sevilla has had a really good season this season. But yeah, we had we had we had a terrible run recently where we where we this thing, where we had the win in uh, in this thing in six games, and that was like that was the Atletico Atletico Madrid win. We lost to society and lost to Real Betis. We drew against Almeria and Mallorca. But I think um this thing obviously Valencia has only one right finger this season, and that's that's Fran Perez and Diego Lopez and um this thing and Sergio Canos are left fingers. Only two two um this thing, two first team strikers. 
Um, Albutumari is currently injured, but I think it can be recovered. Um, Valencia might need to um this thing to get reinforcements in January. Um, first team choice, first choice defender Diakabi is also going is also going to Afcon, so it, it depends on Barra. And there's rumors linking to Valencia to linking Valencia to Carlos Vicente of um Racing Racing um, Ferrol in the second division, a right winger. So um. It depends on Peter Lim, not necessarily Barra or or um, Corona. It, de- it depends on Peter Lim if Peter Lim is willing to invest into the club in the winter transfer window. If not, um, it's the same thing over and over again from the from previous years. Yeah, sounds sounds like a dangerous game to play, especially if you only have one right winger on your team. Yeah, it's, it it is dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we, you know, uh, get into uh, the analysis of some important players from Valencia, let's uh, go to a couple of comments. So Sunil is in the chat. He says, "Bats in town." Vamos. And uh, Ricardo is also here. So he says, uh, "I think a front three we played against Braha could be used against certain opponents going forward." From what I saw, the front three wasn't static and was the most dynamic I've seen all season. Farouk, do you agree? Like, do you think uh, we should actually let uh, Jude sit a few of these uh, smaller games out and play Brahim there instead? I mean, you, well, what do you? It depends on how you define smaller games, and you know that's 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 the key thing there. You know, because eventually, like, if you're you know one point behind or leading by one point, eventually, then there is no such thing as a smaller game. You know, so because of that, like, you don't want to take the risk. And one thing also we've seen again is that you know, uh, as we mentioned yesterday, is that the major issue that has always been with, you know, Brahim, even when you're asking Milan fans, it's about the fact about that consistency, you know, when does he show up, when doesn't he show up, so I think, you know, it's 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 too early to get ahead of us, so let's see, you know, if he's able to maintain, you know, this 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 uh, this uh, impact that he has on the team across, you know, a couple of games more, because this is just his second start, although yeah, he has two goals in two starts, but I would want to see, you know, more before I, you know, eventually decide that, okay, I'm willing to trust, you know, uh Brian, you know, as a replacement for Jude because let's let's not, you know, uh forget who what Jude has done. You know, basically Jude is the most informed attacker in Europe right now, you know. So uh, I'm arguably alongside Harry Kane or whatever it is, but you know, that's just it like, you know, so coming in to replace him is not something easy. But yeah, you know, to Ricardo's I totally agree with what he said that, you know, yesterday was the most mobile we have seen the front three at least since the beginning of the season. Absolutely. And uh, Gaia, the next question is probably for you. So Ricardo also says, uh, Valencia have this mental ability uh, to significantly raise the game to the highest of levels, especially when they are playing against us at home. Uh, and we don't know how they do it, but they just do. Do you know the secret sauce behind Valencia's, you know, form against us? Or is it just a mentality? Um, I think if, if he's referring to, to the form against Real Madrid, especially at Mestaya, um, I think... The fans have to be applauded. I think the fans give one hundred percent. Whether um the Valencia is 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 fight is battling relegation, whether they are the top of the table, the fans give one hundred percent. I think um this thing we have the we have one of the best um average attendance percentage um this season. Um forty five. I think our last game that was against um against Granada. We had um forty four thousand and forty four thousand people in attendance for for a forty five thousand capacity stadium. The fans are literally the backbone of the thing. The fans, um, this thing, and yeah, um, re- recently with Barra, um, has been um, this thing. He has created mentality monsters. Um, his his main 
and this main criteria for building the team was have people that are mentally are mentally strong and pe people that want and want to be there to play for Valencia and understand what it means to play for Valencia Football Club. And yes, um, I think the fans actually, the fans, the fans push the team, the fans push the team forward. Absolutely. It's especially since uh, this Valencia team is so young, right? There's so many young talents and it's so important that they are happy at Valencia uh, in order to, you know, grow their career instead of, you know, trying to just push for a move elsewhere with just one season of good form. Yeah. So that mentality ah, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be very important. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah, but, I think actually that's the thing, you know, like, like you mentioned about the fans, you know, at, at the Marseille, but I would say it's not just even that as well, you know, because even at the Bernabeu, like it's always been Okay, yeah, there's been uh, games here and there where it's not been the case. But you know, I always remember even the games against uh, uh, Valencia at the Bernabeu. Really, is it's, it's it's always been very very difficult. And yeah, you know, rightly, guy, I'm pinpointed. You know, Ruben Barra has you know having a very very you know influential uh, impact on the team. And it, it's it's I think it's nothing more even obvious than you know when you look at the youngster like you know that he was mentioned before. You know, like Javi Guerra, like it's basically you know uh, how far the guy has come. Basically, you know, he was from the second you know. He, he was promoted from the second team, given the number eight jersey, which ironically was also, you know, won by Barha himself as also, you know, that just goes to show you how much, you know, uh, level of trust exists between these youngsters and this coach. And he's basically, you know, someone that they look up to. So that kind of helps a lot, honestly. So, you know, it's immense credit to Barha and what, you know, the, the miracle that he was able to pull off last season. Absolutely. You know, that's, uh, that's a good transition into talking about Valencia's players, you know. And uh, who better to start than Javi Guerra? We know how good he is. He burst onto the scene with that golazo against Atleti. I don't think a, a, a single La Liga fan has missed that goal. So, talk us through him, um, Kaya. Uh, how good is he? Uh, do you think he can actually, uh, you know, become a starter uh, for a much bigger team or even for his international side? Rather, let's uh, see the question. Do you think his potential Real Madrid starting property? <laughs> I think I think he's he's better than Real Madrid. He should, he, oh, he should wow. aim for better than Real Madrid. He should, he should aim better than Real Madrid. Um, ah, I think uh, if, uh, last he's season... going to go and play football in Mass and it, we know that nothing exists there. Unless he's going to go and play football <laughs> in Mass, there's nothing that is better than Real Madrid on the surface of this edge. Uh, Last season, last season, um, at the beginning of last season, Valencia started um, this thing, started the season with five um, five first team midfielders. Um, funny enough, the average age of the of the first team midfielders was actually younger than um, than that of the second team. That um, the VCM Mestaya. Um, I think I was actually one of the first people on in the Valencia space to say um, this thing. Valencia have to promote Aviguera immediately. I watched Aviguera against um, against Barcelona B in the preseason of um, last season's preseason. I watched him against um, this and against Barcelona B, and, and I was impressed. I was more than impressed. I was impressed. Um, I made it clear that yeah, um, this thing Gattuso actually has to promote Avigera. But one thing that that followed Gattuso throughout his um, his short reign at Valencia was his um, this thing his refusal or his his fear to trust um, this thing to trust um to trust young players. Gattuso would rather play um fullbacks as midfielders than give this thing give the younger ones. A chance to play because um he believes um experience is um this thing experience is um this is a great is a greater factor than than actually being able to play in that position itself. So yeah, um when um when Aviguera burst onto the scene, I was I was very happy and yes, that goal against Real Valladolid actually, if not for the goal against Valladolid, I think Valencia would have been relegated. Um so the goal against Valladolid brought him closer to the fans and 
yes, everybody began to see that, oh, yeah, we might have a gem on our hands. Well, yeah, people like me already knew beforehand that, yeah, this guy is a gem. And um, one thing that's that's very peculiar about um, Abigail is he can play anywhere across the midfield, whether as a six, as a um, an attacking midfielder, as a box-to-box. He has the abilities, he's a very good passer. He has long range. He has long range passing. He has good vision. And recently, he has played more advanced for Valencia, and that's the reason why he's getting he's getting he's getting goals. Um, yeah, I think he's on three goals this season already. And most of the um this thing, the one that everybody remembers or can everyone can recall is the one against Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah. So yes, um, he's he's becoming an important member. And after um six ten matches. To be given the number eight jersey in the first team, it's it's something. It, it speaks to his abilities and it speaks to his to his impact in the team. Um, I think Abigail can go on to be one of the most complete Spanish midfielders, one of the most complete midfielders Spain can actually have in re- in recent um this thing in the coming in the coming seasons. Um, he's a very complete player. He has the abilities. Um, of someone like um this, and I, I I don't like to make comparisons or draw parallels. But I, I I can draw um to parallels to um Martins Vivendi. Um he has the distribution. If if being put in that position, he can perform like Zubimendi. If being put in the Pedri position, I'm not saying he's as good as Pedri, but if, if he's being put in the Pedri role or Pedri position, he can perform to a certain extent. And if being put to, like like he plays for Valencia, he plays something similar, something similar to Bellingham, but not as forward, you know, he attacks the box. And he's he's, he's stacked to that with that with that um, this thing, with that responsibility of going forward and attack and and being like the um, this thing, the attacker or the midfield attacker. So yes, he can play in certain roles and he can, he can play in different roles. I think his versatility is something we have not seen yet, but that's that's one of his biggest attributes. And yes, he has he has the potential to play anywhere for any team in the world. I strongly believe that. And he has he has a hundred million release clause, so I'm I'm not scared actually. Except if Pitalim wants to do wants to do something. Out, out of this world, but I'm not scared. He has 100 million release Oh, wow. I did not know that. 100 million release clauses, you know, certainly good. Not a lot of La Liga teams protect their players like that. Uh, you know, one one thing. Yeah, Bayern recently. Has, yeah. Uh, I think what, I watched. What happened to your power, Jacob? Uh, yeah, it's, it's gone. gone. Uh, yeah, it's gone. Uh, hopefully, it'll come back. Uh, you know, but let's just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did watch the Granada game and. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was uh, in order for Javi Guerra to, you know, really get forward, Pepelu has to stay back and, you know, do a lot of the cleanup and, you know, protect the defense. So how important has he been? You think he uh, is an absolute starter for your club? Um, the signing of Pepelu, actually, it wasn't one I expected Valencia Valencia to um, this thing to do um, because it was too good to believe that actually Valencia or Pitalima actually going after a player of Pepelu's caliber because Pepelu is someone that when he was in, in the first division with Levante, Levante didn't give him more chances, but yeah, you could see the abilities. And in the second half of, of that season, three seasons ago, where they got relegated, that's when he became more prominent. And last season in the second, he, he had a very good season for for um, this thing, for Levante. Although at Levante, he played um, this thing like a box-to-box for a midfielder that at the ventures forward and ventures backward, like a, a box to box midfielder. At Valencia, he has been taxed with sitting deeper, um, benching Gugulaimon in the process. But yeah, he has, he has been a breath of fresh air into Valencia's midfield. He has brought in experience, um, he has brought in different, um, this, a, a defensive mindset. So, like you said, Pepelo has to sit down, um, sit deep in, um, in between the defense. And because Valencia plays a double pivot, um, which I, I, don't, I, I do not subscribe to, I don't believe 
Valencia should play, but I think they have the midfield to actually play three midfielders. Um, and if you watch the game, you see that um, they're going to play speed as a second striker um, in a role that, that doesn't really suit him. But yes, um, Pepe Lu has been a breath of fresh air. He has brought in something new, a new dimension into, into Valencia's midfield. Um, Hugo Gulaimon is, is, is different in the sense that Hugo Gulaimon is not, is not a tackler, despite being um, this thing, it being a center back previously before being transformed into a midfielder. Gulaimon is more about them um, dictating the tempo of play, dictating the tempo of the game, dictating where the ball goes to, dictating the midfield and only the midfield. But um, Pepe Lu is more, is more of an all rounder. The tackles, he also has the passes, but I don't think he's, he's as a good passer as, as Hugo Gulaimon. But then, Pepe Lu has actually been impressive for Valencia this season. And sometimes you wonder, what would Valencia do without Pepe Lu? Yeah, sounds like it. And, you know, uh, speaking about players you can't do without, uh, your right back, uh, Thierry Correa, he is, has come into, you know, uh, really good form and he's almost undroppable at the moment. So how crucial is he going to be to face up against the likes of Vinicius? On popular opinion, yeah, um, Thierry Rendal Correa is the best right back in La Liga currently. The best one? I, uh, I, I over Carvajal? Is, is the... Carvajal is, is old cargo, yeah, I've listened. He isn't, isn't in his prime any longer. He's aging. He isn't in his prime any longer. I don't think Kaval is as good as Thierry Correa, current Thierry Correa. Um, Thierry Correa has had, he has had issues with um, with injuries in recent years. Um, there have been criticism because people believe um, the reason why he's at Valencia is, is because um, of he's, he's an agent of Jorge Mendes, who is Peter Lim's very close friend. But I think he's beginning to shut people up with his performances. Um, he's undroppable. And I think Vinicius is going to have a very hard time going up against against Thierry Correa because I think I think he's also the best. He also has one of the best tackle tackle success rates in, in La Liga currently. He's a very good tackler. He's very good on the drills. Um, it also depends on how on how Ancelotti sets up against against Valencia if Vinicius is going to stay outside or, or stay um, this you know stay centrally. So it depends. And yeah, looking I'm looking forward to it, and I'm not scared. Of the threats that Vinicius poses, because Thierry Correa is is, is a Valencia's right hand side. Oh wow! Like Farouk, did... have you heard this line before? Like a defense is not scared of Vinicius. I mean, I think that's 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 a very very you know bold and brave take from you know Gaia there because I feel like you know okay I haven't seen Thierry Correa so I can you know come and make a claim that this but I think you know going on a stretch and, you know, saying that he's the best, you know, right back in the league. I want to believe that, you know, he's seeing something. But then where I would disagree with him is, you know, when he talks about the fact that, you know, like not being scared to face Vinicius Jr. I mean, I think that's 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 a very huge disservice to Vinicius Jr. I really, I really don't care who you are, even if you're, you know, Kyle Walker or whatever you are, like, you know, facing Vinicius is, is a really, really difficult, you know, proposition, especially when you're coming to the Bernabeu as well. And I mean, Carlo is always going to set up the same way. So, we're just going to have, you know, Vinicius as that inside forward, but we all know that eventually he's going to hold the touch line and, you know, go 1v1 against, you know, the, the, the fullback. But, yeah, you know, he mentioned about, you know, the fact that, you know, Thierry Correa has a very good uh, tackling success rate. So, let's go. Let's see, man. You know, that, that means I, it just means one of two things. Either it's a red card and a penalty or, you know, Vinicius took it out of the game, and We know what is most likely going to happen in this. I think you're, 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 you're forgetting to look at it from the mental aspect here. Yeah? And besides... Yeah. Valencia did shut out Vinicius at Mestaya. I mean, that was last me. I think from a mental aspect, um, Vinicius might be dreading going against against Valencia, given what happened at Mestaya last, um, last season. 
and um, listen, he has beef with the fans. Valencia fans tend to um, currently think Vinicius is a liar, and um, the whole racism, um, this thing, the whole racism fiasco, and all of that. So yes, um, there's also a mental aspect to this game, and it's it depends on where um, Vinicius is mentally. I think um, we we tend to overlook the mental aspect of our football. And I think yes, it's also something that will come into play. On Saturday, I, but I think that's the thing. Like, if you were as the Mas- I might have given a different, you know, uh, comment. That's why I actually specifically mentioned that, you know, at the very because the point is that it's Valencia, you know, that basically, you know, the event as Valencia is what strikes the whole, you know, started with the whole Vini racism, whatever ambassador thing, you know, that that was the, you know, at least the, you know, the the flashpoint there. But what I'm just trying to point here is that, you know, that motivation, you know, to prove something against Valencia and then with the backing of the fans, that's I think that's why I feel like, you know. That's what's gonna push gonna push Vinicius, you know, even to go even further. I think if if the game was at the Marseille, I might okay, might kind of agree with you about you know the mental aspect and also how hostile you know the Marseille can be, you know, uh, against uh, against you know the opposition. So even without the whole racism issue happening, like the Marseille has always been a very hostile place to go to, you know. So adding with that, I believe that you know the mental thing that you mentioned is gonna be something that will affect him negatively. But I think now. That you know that 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 mental you know the mental aspect of the game is something that in my opinion would be a positive in this game as in regards to Vinicius. Yeah, uh, for me it's like no matter what you can shut out Vinicius to a certain extent if if you're a really good fast physical uh, fullback, but there's always gonna be that one or two moments where he can create a chance where he breaks free away from the fullback because you can't you can't stay away with that player a player who runs uh, for the entire ninety at full speed so. You know, uh, Thierry Correa certainly has his uh, work cut out for him. And but uh, you know, but the last one I wanted to touch up on was there's so many like young players. You know that you could talk about the likes of Christian Mosquera, uh, centre back who is bossing it at the age of 19 in La Liga. Uh, you could talk about Gabriel and whatnot. Those are all crucial players. But you know, I'd like to take this moment to talk about one of our own, Hugo Duro. He's finally hit his stride this season with five goals already. Uh, take it away, uh, Gaia. How good is he this season? Um, the the thing with Siguduro, yeah, his first season at the club was on loan from Getafe. Um, a Bodalas boy, funny enough. Um, this is funny enough. Under Bodalas at Getafe, he didn't really appear much, but yeah, say it was a surprising transfer. But yeah, that season, Uguduro had ten goals, and um, also a goal in the. In the Copa de Rio final, um, two goals against Atletico Madrid. I think yes, he also scored against Real Madrid and Mestalla. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly. I think generally he's a, he's a big game player. He has he scored them. Um, this thing is, he has scored two goals against against Atletico Madrid this season. Um, so yes, I, I think Ugodu releases going against big teams. He releases um, this thing challenges like this. He currently has a shoulder injury, an injury that went sidelining for. Four weeks to three months and the next week he was back in training and he and he, and he played the next game so yes he's a fighter he's someone that wants that, that always has a point to prove Ugoduro always wants to show that yes i am there and i, and I have a point to prove and i'm playing for this shield i'm playing for this badge i'm playing for this club um the fans love him he's, he's, a, he's a fan favorite because of his um this thing the toko the toko and Ugoduro, the toko and Ugoduro thing um some years back in the copa de Ore versus getafe which uh which helps valencia on to go on to the final and win the Copa de Rey. Um, his form this season 
when comparing him with last season, he had only one goal last season, and his form this season actually has been surprising because there were rumors that Valencia or Valencia did actually go after Rafa Mir to come and be um this the first choice striker this season. So yes, um, how, how he has gone against that whole trajectory of going from possibly being the the second choice striker this season to being the first choice striker this season and not letting it weigh weigh down on him mentally and for a team that that isn't that doesn't naturally create much for um, this thing putting in putting in the work to actually create for yourself and to get the goals because yes Uduru is actually one of the best box attacking strikers out there actually one of the best pushers on his on his day on his day is one of the best pushers out there yeah so yeah he attacks the box very well he likes to fashion out chances for himself he likes to look out for the ball and he also has the taunts and you know it is is there this thing his taunt side you know so yes He's a very corny player, and uh, once he gets it into the defenders, I think I think it's game over. But yeah, Madrid has a lot a lot a lot of mentality monsters at the back of the defense. Alaba, Rudiger. But yeah, I think I think it is a game that will go through over Rich, and we'll be looking forward to. It's a challenge. It's another challenge for him. I think he'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, Farouk, do you actually think we've uh, you know shed that curse uh, that was befallen us, especially early on in the season? Every former Real Madrid player they would come on and score against us early on. Do you think our defense has finally, you know, mellowed out and found their form? Do you think we can keep out the likes of Hugo Doro? Well, I think that's the thing, you know, the curse actually is something that, you know, exists uh, irrespective of what the form or what the form doesn't look like. You know, we just, you know, we go to these games and I can, you know, just mention one game off the top of my head. You know, we went to, we, you know, we played against Schalke, you know, Schalke 04 in, I think, you know, it was in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, and we scored six goals at the Fernabao, and then what happens, you know, Klasi and Hontela scores a goal out of, you know, out of nowhere. So that's the thing, like, you know, the curse about uh, former players, you know, coming and doing their bits, it's it's, it's it's nothing that is, you know, related to, to what our form is or how the game, how the, you know, texture of the game looks like, honestly. But yeah, I, you know, will worry about to go do you know especially given the fact that you know as the guy i rightly mentioned like he scored against us you know uh once before so i think you know there is a very high chance that he might you know repeat that again in the valencia shirt so yeah i think you know we are not yet uh although our defense has been really really good pasty but i think that process something that you know continues to exist so it's safe to assume that we're all gonna be uh predicting at least one goal considered by madrid and it's gonna be hikodoro exactly exactly i think you know there is no clinch this weekend Absolutely. Okay, uh, I guess uh, we can just head into the, you know, both of the team lineups. Uh, uh, Gaia, do you want to take us through the Valencia lineup? I guess you usually go with a four-four-two with a double pivot. Yeah, um, this thing. Barras has stuck with the four-four-two this season, and um, this thing. Um, I think Valencia is one-sided. Actually, everybody knows what to expect. You know, you are going to see if a four-four-two. And um, this thing, Mamadas really in goal, so yeah, there's there's no bench in Mamadas really actually. Um, Thierry Correa is obviously going to start right back. Um, Gabriel Polista and um, Christian Mosquera. You know, he had a, he had a great game against um, this and against Atletico Madrid. I think this will also be a big a big test for him at 19. Um, this thing and this he has currently played double the games he has played for Valencia in in two in two previous seasons this season. Um, so yeah, is is a talent to relish and um, this thing. I'm looking forward to how Mosquera will actually brave against Madrid's attack and, and how it performs on Saturday. Um, Gaia is obviously going to start. I'm Captain Fantastic. Um, a midfield um, pivot of um, Pepe Lu and Avigera. Um, Fran Perez will start. Um, I think one um, this thing, one question um, this thing that we might be asking is um, if Sergi Canos is fit to start or um, Diego Lopez will play on the left wing since Amala is currently injured. Um, Uguduru is obviously going to start ahead, except 
if the injury prevents him. So yes, um, the the strike pairing is is what um this is their question marks over. If Diego Lopez starts on the left wing, who, who will pair Oguduro up top? Maybe Pablo Gozabes, or he decides to play um Roma Yaremchuk. Um Yaremchuk has he, he has not hit the ground running in the Valencia in the Valencia jersey yet. So um this thing, it's it's left to see who we actually please Gugulamon and please Guerra beside beside Oguduro. But Gugulamon has not started any any league game this season yet. So it's it's going to be surprising to see what um this thing, what um Ruben, Ruben Barra does does on Saturday. Mm. And uh, why well, doubt is going to change the system? Yeah, I don't I don't I feel like this uh, system has been you know Valencia's go-to formation, go-to setup for a while now. And uh, with regards to how what we can expect in terms of the game, uh, do you think Valencia are gonna sit back and hit on the counter? Uh, what do you think is like Valencia's uh, weakest point in defense? I think definitely I'm listening. Valencia is going to sit back. Um, they are away at the Santiago Bernabeu. But um me them sitting back does not mean I'm listening, does not mean well, we're not going to come, we're not going to come and I'm listening and consider defeat. We're going to come here with a fight. Um you know, we'll press intensely and I'm listening, but definitely Valencia is going to surrender possession, probably try to try to play long balls most of the time and refuse to build up from the back. Um uh, listen, it's 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 something that has been frequent this season. I think um Valencia's biggest problem. At, at the back from defense is actually aerial balls. Valencia has considered a lot of goals from aerial duels or corners, set pieces, and this thing from crosses aerially. Uh, they haven't been able to figure out how to defend their box when it comes to aerial um this thing, aerial situations. So it has been a recurring problem from last season actually. But yeah, I think um this thing, if everybody is on their A game, they you know, as I've said before, mentality monsters, things can change, you know. I think the Valencia players believe the Valencia club the fans as an institution, they believe that Valencia has a point to prove against Real Madrid, um, especially the fact that they believe they are being lied against and all of that. So I think it's an added incentive, it's an added push on Saturday. The team, the team will go out there to actually fight, and and, and yeah, there's a possibility of defeating of defeating Real Madrid. But if going by history books, yeah, I, I, I doubt uh, we might actually get a win. But then I believe in my team. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a, a proper fight, no matter the result. Uh, but you know, uh, funny you mentioned that you are weak aerially. Uh, Faru can take you through, you know, how bad we are. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, defending that's, that's 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 what I was gonna say. Actually, you know, like you know, uh, he rightly you know pointed out about you know that aerial uh, you know uh, threats that the that opposition's always you know faced upon, and it's quite interesting that you know uh, Valencia actually has considered four goals, you know, uh, from set pieces uh, this year, you know. And it's 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 quite interesting, you know, when you when you look at that, and it's 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 for us as well. Like we have actually considered zero set piece goals this year, you know. That's what I was going to try to point out here. That you know, if he thinks like they're you know that they're bad, you know, it it says a lot. And we've actually scored five set piece goals. So I just you know want I'm trying to paint the picture because you know Jacob knows that we always complain about the fact that you know set pieces are our biggest problem. And you know it's I think 12 games into the season, and we have considered zero set piece goals, and we scored five actually. You know, that kind of, you know, maybe alters the reality that, you know, like we are actually uh, to, you know, focused on what was happening, you know, in the past years and what is and what is not. But I think this is the right time to, you know, again, give credits to, you know, to Tony Rudiger for, you know, the way he stepped up big time this season. Honestly, it's, it's been a really, really uh, huge step up. And I think he is one of the primary reasons why, you know, uh, our set piece, you know, deficiency at the back, at least, you know, has been a bit, a bit propped up. And obviously, yeah, with the press of Hosilo and, also, you know, Jude and the centre-backs as well, that also gives you, you know, uh, another target 
you know, in the box for, for getting the set pieces. But I think definitely, you know, as you rightly mentioned, I think set pieces might be one of the things that we want to exploit, you know, against Valencia. Because interestingly, actually, Valencia has the, you know, uh, when you check the XG against, actually, they have the lowest XG against just after, you know, Atletico Madrid, obviously, Atletico Madrid will be Atletico Madrid. So, like, from open play, like, it's almost impossible to score against them because, actually, they have an expected goal against of around nine and they've just considered seven goals. So, it means they're even overperforming, you know, the XG against. So, it means it's very, very difficult, you know, to score against them, against, especially when they will even come to the Bernabeu and most likely have a middle or a low block. So, it's even going to be much more impossible to break them down. So, I think, you know, the set pieces will come in really, really handy against them. Yeah, hopefully. And, you know, before we uh, head into uh, the Real Madrid side of things, uh, I'll just like to take a couple of comments. Uh, so Daniel Sen is in the chat. He says, big up, guys. Uh, Valencia's weakest link is obviously from the back. Uh, is that true, Gaia? Do, do you have troubles uh, building out from the back? Or does he just mean that the defense is weak? Um, I think um, in reality, Valencia is actually... Under Barra, at least under Barra, I don't think Valencia has had a defensive problem. We might make some um, some stupid errors from time to time, but from last season, Valencia's defense has actually gone up. You know, they've been improving since last season. And Barra comes in, and Barra also decides and mix, mixes its uh, its priority to actually show up the defense and play with a defensive mindset. As you said, we have the we have the second best um expected goals against in the league with um with nine and considerably seven goals. And um, four of those seven goals have been from set pieces, as I've said. We have a set piece issue and an aerial issue. But in terms of building from the back, I think um, that's that's not true. That's false. Um, Polista is is pretty good with, with the ball at his feet. Mosquera is also very good with the ball at his feet. Diakabi is good with the ball at his feet. Senko Skaka is good with the ball at his feet. Um, Yare Gasiorowski, that's one of the best um, this thing on the 19 center backs is good with the ball at his feet, which is one of the best attributes building out from the back. I think it's just something that it's it's a natural instruction from Barra to bypass to bypass building up from behind naturally. So we most of the time we tend to go long to avoid mistakes or to avoid sloppiness. Mm, got it. So it's not the players, it's the system uh, that causes you to, you know, uh, build out fast attacks. Yeah, it's instead of, yeah got it. And Sunet is in the chat. He says, uh, I hope we can embarrass uh, Gabriel Paulista. You know, I feel like <laughs> Sunet has seen enough <laughs> of the man and has gotten tired of seeing him play. Yeah, it's, it's that Taku from last season of Vinicius. Yeah. And Santiago Benabar. Absolutely. You know, I, I did not want to touch upon a lot of the elements of that game uh, because, you know, of all the controversy and whatnot. And we wanted to keep this podcast a bit civil, but, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, de- definitely some uh, a matchup to watch out for this game. And uh, Danielson also definitely. says, uh, we definitely need to watch out for that Javi Guerra guy. Yeah, dude. Uh, and uh, we are missing Chaumini, so it's going to be up to Kamavinga to, you know, really uh, man-mark the guy and take him out of the game. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I think one thing one thing that Valencia will be looking out for is um is giving Avigura the ball at the edge of the box. So I'm um, listening to take a long win shot, especially if Kepa if Kepa is in goal on Saturday. Um and I think he has he has some weaknesses with uh, with saving long win shots. And I think yeah, some Valencia's strategy will be basic. Um just try to be direct, launch long balls in, trying to win most of the aerial draws in Madrid's box and you know, try to get one or two one or two chances in the box and yeah, get a goal. If, if if 
fortunately enough, we get a goal before before Real Madrid. Then you obviously know what's coming. Show up the back line, defense, sit back, and uh, try to see out the win. Absolutely. But I have bad news for you, Kepa. Most likely, wouldn't play Kepa is out for the next two three weeks. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can go and meet your jazz man. Let him do some jazz to Looney. You don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, Kepa has an adductor injury. You're right. He he's gonna be back after the international break. Um, I guess we can go ahead and you know uh, look into the Real Madrid news and Real Madrid side of things. And you know, obviously, when it comes to Real Madrid news, the major uh, theme is injuries. Uh, Faruk, did you know that uh, Ardagula also did not train on the pitch today? He was training indoors along with Danny Ceballos. So it looks like uh, bro. I'm, I'm very I'm worried, man. Like, you know, I, 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 should, I should register as a footballer, I man. I can easily pass as you know, 19, 20 year old, you know. Just get some boots and, you know. Because right now, the point is, people are falling like flies. It's almost impossible to have a fit person, you know. I actually thought about Arda, but I'm not sure. Like, but the thing about Arda is, I, I don't know, like, was it an, because of a, you know, precaution or was, did something happen or like, was it just, you know, part of, you know, the, the recovery process? Because as we know, like, he's not 100% yet. Yeah, it, it seems strange yeah. to me because he, he made a few match uh, match day squads and still, you know, if he's exactly. training indoors, that doesn't add up quite well. But, you know, hopefully it is a uh, prep for him to get ready uh, just after the international break. Hopefully, man, fingers crossed. I mean, the thing is that I, I also felt it's a bit weird that till now he hasn't played and he's been, as you said, in the match day squad. You know, maybe it's just, you know, Carlos doing his teeth and shit and, you know, something like that. But I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't add up, honestly. And yeah. Kepa is out, you know, and now also we have to go back to Lunin, which was what, you know, the club didn't want in the first place. And Lunin is, you know, is going to be the keeper at least, you know, till the international break. And yeah, let's see, man, you know, because the thing about goalkeepers, you know, Rossiness can come into play, but even if he needs to go by, you know, the game yesterday told us, I know, like he's as sharp as, you know, as we can expect him to be at least. So hopefully, you know, he can take the baton on because I just hope, you know, like we get out of that game without anything because also like, you know, Valencia is a very, very aggressive team as well. And, as you know, Guy rightly pointed out, you know, there's a lot of hostility between the two teams, you know, even predating the whole Vinicius thing, and you know, that just adds more fuel to the fire. So there's gonna be a lot of, you know, aggression from from both sides, I'm assuming. So hopefully, you know, we can come out of this on skate because we're basically, you know, running out of bodies right now. Not even, you know, the quality, like just even able bodies, you know, are about to get, you know, exhausted. Absolutely. You know, just talking about able bodies, uh, I I don't think Jude is like totally fit. So the news out of the camp is that he's trained with the team but he still has some discomfort and uh, they're gonna assess it with uh, the doctors to see if he can actually make it for the Valencia game yeah that's the thing actually I feel like you know because Jude was on the bench in the last game as well and you know basically because obviously the team performed really well so they just decided not to play him but I kind of feel like you know with Jude it's one of those injuries that okay like he can play but like there is no need to risk it you know I don't know if that makes any sense because I think it's a shoulder injury if I'm not mistaken so, you know, it's one of those situations that, okay, like, yeah, if push comes to shove, you can play him, but, you know, you don't want to risk that. So I wouldn't be too surprised to, you know, see Jude play and then, you know, come out, you know, just at the hour mark or something like that, you know. So, yeah. But if you ask me, like, the things, what's the alternative? You play Brian Diaz again, you know, that's 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 the only alternative you have. And do you want him, you know, considering that it's also a home fixture as well, maybe you want him to continue that, you know, that good run of form that he's had the, the previous game and then, you just see what's happened, you know, after like the first half, you evaluate the situation again and see, okay, is it working, is it not working? And then you can think about introducing Jude or not. But yeah, I mean, if you ask me, I would just start Jude right away and you know, not risk anything. 
Absolutely, I would do the same. Uh, let's just watch out for how it goes, and then you know, bring it, bring on Jude if uh, we really need it. Um, yeah, but before we head into the Real Madrid lineups, uh, let's take a couple more comments. Uh, Ashik says, "Can we expect some entertaining football?" So I think Gaia, you should take this. Uh, do you think there's actually going to be entertaining football in this game, or is it going to be a haram ball? I think, I think I'll I'll, I'll go with um, Adon Bo. I think um, this thing there's a lot of tension um, going into this game. I think I think that will translate it to what what is being put out on the pitch. Um, I think, especially with the fact that Valencia is not going to try to try to play with the ball, they'll try to disrupt play, try to, you know, avoid uh, Madrid getting into the box. And I think um, this thing, on Madrid's from Madrid's point of view, I think Madrid Madrid will keep the ball. I, I don't know what it means by entertaining football actually, except if it means end to end action. But yeah, from Madrid's point of view, yeah, they'll most likely have most of the ball. You know, try try to get into the box and, and and all of that. You know, whatnot. But I think we'll see a lot of tackles. We see a lot of fouls in this game, and yes, um, hopefully, hopefully it's a clean one. Hopefully, there's no, there's no in this thing, there's no fiasco at the end. Yeah, that, that's up to the referee, but you know, let's let's just hope. Um, Ashik also says, uh, I think this pretty much summarizes uh, Real Madrid uh, fans, you know, uh, opinions about Valencia. So he says, in this case, I want Real Madrid to send Valencia back to their base as a payback for last season. Uh, so Farouk, do you actually think our home ground is going to be very hostile towards Valencia? Or, uh... Exactly. That's that's you know what I was trying to mention to Guy when he talked about you know the mental aspect because I kind of feel like you know the team right now you know the thing is okay you know uh, we, we we lost to Valencia you know at, at the Marseille last year you know you also couple that with the whole Vinicius thing you know and also like Valencia and Real Madrid are not like you know it's always been a combustible, you know, fixture. So I kind of feel like there is extra motivation, extra fuel to this game. This is the point I was trying to make that the fans, the players, everyone will want to show, you know, we, as, you know, he said, like, you know, we want to kick them back, you know, to, 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 to the bottom of whatever they came from, you know. So that's just the thing, like, you know, so the thing is that, and I think that also will be a fuel for Vinicius Jr. specifically as well, because honestly, I feel like, he, he primarily we want to show, you know, we, we want to have a fun because let's not forget, you know, even before the whole racist thing happened, Vini was basically fighting with everyone there in Valencia, if, if you could recall, you know. So like it's 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 a game that you know our players really have you know a lot to a lot to prove. So I think you know the fans and the players will be out to show something, and I believe that 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 hopefully you know and um, yeah okay yeah obviously you know it's a very fine line you don't want to get too emotional because if you get too emotional then you know. She can hit the fan, but I think you know we can use that as a fuel actually to 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 you know maybe not have a very good game, but at least you know have a very very high scoring match. Fingers crossed. That's that's all everyone needs. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's do a quick uh, Real Madrid uh, lineup. Uh, so do you think there's going to be a lot of changes uh, from the team that face against Braha? Uh, so obviously Carvajal might come in. Uh, who else? Uh, Modric might sit on the bench. Do you think? Yeah, I think Modric goes, you know, Modric is on the bench, I think. Uh, well, actually, because Modric start, started on the bench, so I think he starts this game, actually. Sorry, my bad. I think Modric might start, but the question is who does. Okay, so let's just go. We have, like, you know, uh, Looney and Gold. That doesn't change, you know. So we are assuming that it's going to be Fala Mendy and Carvalho's left back, right back. And then we are thinking, you know, it's again uh, going to be Nacho and. How, how come, like, do you think uh, 
Alaba needs more rest. Uh, I that's the question actually. I'm not too sure about you know the fitness level of David Alaba as well. But let's just you know assume that if he's oh actually like uh, isn't Rudiger suspended for this game or was that uh, suspension already served? I think Rudiger is suspended for this game. Oh really? Yep. He got that yellow, remember, in the last game. Uh, he was shoving oh, the yeah, player. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, like, it was a very stupid yellow, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, so it's going to be natural of a combination that Rudy guys out. I remember, yeah, that was... Because even I was complaining, I remember that, like, why was he doing that? Like, it's something totally unnecessary. But then, you know, it's, it's he's, he misses this game. So, yeah, it's natural of anyways, like, that, that kind of selects itself. So, it just goes back to that point that, you know, we don't want that, you know, uh, <laughs> any more injuries because basically we're running out of body. So, but yeah, that's that's that. So we come to the midfield and, you know, it's most likely Tony. It's not most likely. It's Tony Cross, you know, Kamavinga and uh, Fede and Bellingham, I think, or Brahim. So I kind of think like, you know, we still have the, uh, the whole Modric as an impact sub kind of thing. Mm. Uh, because, I think, you know, go on. With just this lineup, uh, the midfield, the defense just won't surprise me. We don't have a lot of options, right? And uh, with regards to the forward line, like the million dollar question is, is Jose Lu going to start? Especially, you know, uh, since Gaia mentioned that uh, aerial threats uh, are their weaknesses. That's true, Bo. I think, you know, uh, if there's anything we know is that, you know, uh, Carlo has continued to back Rodrigo, you know, through chicken thing, through bad form and good form, you know. So I kind of feel like, you know, this is just Vinicius just Rodrigo starting all over as this is written all over. I think, you know, that's just the thing they like Carlos continued to back, you know, and, and uh, Rodrigo. And I think after the performance he gave midweek, I think that's even, you know, more, you know, that's one of the best periods to, you know, just keep, keep him there because he's finally looked like, you know, he remembered how to play football again. You want to have that continuity that goes there, you know, so... I think you might be right to just uh, keep Rodrigo and Vinicius together. Yeah, I think that's going to be the same. Uh, uh, but we might need to bring on Joselu, uh, you know, if we do need a goal. Uh, yeah. Ashik, as usual, was uh, predicting that it's there's going to be a Joselu hat-trick. Uh, do you think you finally have to shell out a shot? So, Gaia, like, just for uh, catching you up, uh, there was a, there's a bet going on between Ashik and uh, Farouk. Uh, so, if Joselu scores a hat-trick in La Liga or whatever, uh, Farouk goes Ashik a jersey. <laughs> it's definitely not happening against Valencia. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think, uh, despite our uh, our shortcomings aerially, I think uh, Mamadas really has been very, very, very sturdy this season. He has been very safe this season. Um, he clinched it against Granada um, recently. I mean, he had a very great game against um against Athletic Bilbao. Um, I think he had a clinch it against Atletico Madrid too. So yes, um, he releases um listen, he releases challenges. Is is I can say he's the best goalkeeper in the league, but I know um some people will come for me. But yeah, he's top three in the league. I, I, I think it's it's top three goalkeepers in La Liga at the moment. Um, so yes, um I do I don't think um Jocelyn will, will have it easy. Mm. Oh, top top three keepers. Who are your top three keepers, man? I wonder now who the top, top three keepers are. Um um can just again. Mamada is really and um Dimitrievski, yes. Yeah, I'll go with Dimitrievski. Oh, wow. We already faced him. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. He has the highest number of this season. We should have caught that in the preview, Farouk. We did not know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking you were gonna go, you know, with I don't know the regular names, you know, the All Blacks and you know what he called the head Africa goalkeeper. I forgot his name. David uh, Soria. David Soria and those guys. Um, I, I think um, I I don't really I don't I think All Black as as in recent seasons. I think in the last two seasons dropped um in level a little bit. I think um that's really has actually has actually improved and um, I, I think yeah is is. He can stand side by side with all black. He's not above. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to hype him over hype him, but I think. I think. Yeah, he has the abilities, and in this thing, at least he has more clean. I think he has more clean sheets than all black this season. No, okay. I mean, but then where do you, where would you reach a keeper keeper? <laughs> Please let's 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 be serious. Let's be serious. We're here to be serious. Man, like, like, if you noticed, like, Real Madrid has the best defense in La Liga, so Kepa needs some. Man, some... <laughs> we're mentioning Kepa, and he's like, let's be serious. Come on, what do you mean? Like, Kepa has been doing well, man. Come on, let's. Let, Credit where it's due, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying he hasn't been doing well. I'm not saying he hasn't been doing well. Yeah, I think he's, he's second for most clean sheets in the league, and I, I think that's five clean sheets. Mamadajuli has football. Um, I think I don't think he's as good as Mamadajuli is. I think if Mamadajuli had um, this thing, had um, the Madrid defense sitting in front of him, I think we'll be saying different things, won't we? Well, I'm not too sure. Let's see. Let's see. I, I, I nah, you have, you have like, to admit. You have Kepa, to admit. Man, Kepa has I mean, the point really is, what I'm trying to say is that you know, when you when you come to Real Madrid goalkeepers, like statistics has never been you know our best shout because I mean. Before Tivo won it in 21, like we have to go back to 2007, the last time a Real Madrid goalkeeper won the Zamora Trophy. You understand? So when you start, you know, counting clean sheets and something like that, like it, it just doesn't fly with our goalkeeper because that's just the way we are. Like we consider a lot of chances, and you know, uh, our goalkeepers just, you know, uh, unfortunately cannot. You can save everything. You can save what you can save, and you know, stuff happens. So that's why I said I'm not too sure. Not because like you know I don't know his release, you know, uh, abilities, and honestly, I also rate him very highly. And even like they were talked about, Real Madrid might you know look to get him when when Thibaut got injured. But obviously, you can understand the hesitancy from Real Madrid because Thibaut is out for a year, and then if he comes back next year, what happens? You know, to this uh, expensive and you know uh, very very talented goalkeeper that you have. So yeah, it's not about you know uh, the 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 lack thereof of, of of the player himself. But yeah, I mean for the future, man, you never can tell. You know, let's see if 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 that's if we can open that route from you know Valencia to Real Madrid because for some reason you know. You guys just prefer to keep supplying Barcelona and let them keep. I'm not looking forward to Madrid opening that shot. Nah, we're we're we're, we're gonna open it eventually. Too. It's Peter Lin, man. Money talks, so if there's anything you know, that that's the thing, you know. Yeah, man. Um, I guess uh, we wrapped up the lineups, uh, but I did want to get uh, Gaia's perspective on you know our fullback situation. So, uh, Gaia, you know that Fran Garcia was one of the best left backs uh, in last season. And this season at Real Madrid, he just uh, hasn't been able to find a spot in the team. And I think we can, as Real Madrid fans, we can all say that he just doesn't have the know-how to, you know, when to make the run, when to come back on defense and how to make those passes. So do you think, uh, what do you, where do you see his career going uh, from here? I think um, with Fran Garcia, um, Madrid have to exercise patience. Um, he's coming in from Real Vallecano into um this thing into the Real Madrid system. It's a whole different um a whole different game to be very honest. Um, at um 
against um, Azvalekane, he had um, Alvaro Garcia ahead of him. You know, both of them were very fast. There was chemistry between both of them. I think he's in a new system, a new environment. He has he has to adapt, unfortunately. He's, he's not adapting to the league, but he's adapting to Real Madrid, Real Madrid itself. You know, um, I think so. Um, the, the club has to exercise patience. He, he can get game time in um, in the regular and um, this thing. In the small games, as Farouk said, um, we do, there aren't there aren't really small games, but yeah, in the games where I'm um, listening, where you think, yeah, okay, Frank Garcia can play in this game, you know, he has to get that game time, he has to develop, and he has to adapt to the um, to the idea of Real Madrid itself, you know. Um, I think he's better than Felan Mendy, um, but yeah, you know, one one has been at the club for a very long time, and one is just new to the system, one is new to having um this thing, having Vinicius, or well, the four four two diamond, but then Vinicius drifts wide, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole new it's a whole new game for him. It's a whole new system. He doesn't have um this thing, Alvaro Garcia making blistering runs into into the box with the ball and him waiting on the wings and all of that. You know, it's a whole different game. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, even Fran has to you know exercise some patience, not be so frustrated that he can't make it onto the pitch because you know we have some really good players there. Even Kamavinga, you know, uh, is a world beater. I would say in my opinion uh, at left back. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, you know, just to touch add to what, you know, the <clears throat> guy I was saying about, you know, Fran as well, is that it's not just about, you know, Fran coming to a new team and a new system and all that. It's also about the fact that, you know, we're playing a 4-4-2 diamond now and which guy a bit touched about upon is that, you know, we have inside falls or, you know, Vinicius who likes to hold the touchline. So I kind of feel like there is the, the, the you know, the formation hasn't itself hasn't matured yet, you know, for the likes of Vini to understand the roles that they need to play and how, you know, the fullbacks come into play in this in this formation. So I think that's one of the major things as well is that even the players around that play the four four two are not even too familiar and comfortable in this in this you know in this formation yet. So it's you know asking too much you know of Fran all of a sudden to you know come and become a master of it. But then the thing is that you know football is a cutthroat business. You know if Fran doesn't get it get if he doesn't sort you know his sheet out in the next six to twelve months, like I mean he's just gonna be you know. One of those players that came and couldn't do it, like we've seen a lot of them, you know, over the past oh, yeah. couple the of years. The Odrey Solas and what? Exactly, exactly. You know, just just to name a few, like they've been a lot of, you know, very. And the thing is that you know, especially when you come, you know, at low cost, low risk kind of thing, you know, it's a player you can easily turn over, in, you know, within the Spanish league or even you know other European leagues as also you can easily turn them for a profit. So, yeah, yeah, I actually think he would do a very decent job in in the EPL. You know, uh, his style of play just suits them. You never can tell, man. That can be. I mean, let's 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 find some, you know, rich oil money to give us money so we can pay for Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess uh, we talked about the lineups. We talked about all things Valencia and Real Madrid. Uh, before we head into the predictions, uh, you know, just let's just go through the last of the comments. So Alfredo Barantes, uh, he has his uh, comment in Spanish. But I did take the time to, you know, actually go to Google Translate and translate it. So he says, uh, we have the impression that between Girona and Rayo Vallecano, both teams could find it difficult to score. It looks like this could end in a draw. We believe that. <sighs> what are you doing? Between on a Girona Real- and Rayo? Yeah, like what are you doing on a Real Madrid podcast, man? <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. I, I think if Gir- uh, Girona... And well, you know, uh, they are leading and we hope they drop points eventually. And if it's early on, it's less pressure for us. So, yeah, hopefully I'm backing Rayo again uh, to pull off a job again. I think think this is the best chance for Juna, for you guys, actually, because 
Rayo are on like an eight game unbeaten run in the league mm-hmm. under Francisco. So yes, um, if Girona were to drop points, it's it's going to it has to be against Rayo Vallecano. It has to be against Rayo Vallecano. So yes, this is this is Madrid's best chance to go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy, like, uh, what's your take on Girona? Because Girona haven't really faced up against the top half of La Liga that much. Uh, and do you think they can sustain this form against the bigger teams? I think, yeah, the, the thing is, the thing is, if I say they can sustain this form, it's it's, it's mere speculation, you know. It's not um, this thing. It's not honest. It's, it's just it's mere speculation because last season, they started on a, on a terrible note and uh, this thing. They started building up and, you know, did actually finish in a respectable position last season and they retained Mitchell. You know, they didn't sack him with, despite the terrible the terrible starts of the season. I think this season, the system that Mitchell played, that Mitchell put in place last season, it is what is, is actually what is being, being is what is what is helping them and, and what they are reaping the what they are reaping fruits of. Um, so, yes, um, it is sustainable. In all honesty, it is sustainable. The only loss they have had this season is against Real Madrid. Although they haven't really faced um, this thing, a big team except Real Sociedad, who they drew to um, Sevilla, they beat Sevilla, and yes, just Real Madrid. They um they beat Osasuna last week. That was four two. They are facing Real Vallecano. They are facing Valencia in in two match days and Barcelona after. So I think yes, they are facing big teams now. You know, after the game against Barcelona, they will face Alaves, then Betis and Atletico Madrid. So it is it is in these games that I would actually see. Are these people actually title contenders or they're just going there, they're just there to, to, to contest for Europe? But um in the long run and in the general in a general from a general view for the league, it's actually a healthy type of competition for the league to have. Absolutely. I for one welcome, you know, the competition from Girona. Uh, at least as long as Barcelona and you know Atleti are not up top, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, just just to, you know, add to what you know he was saying. Actually, you know, guy totally hit nail on on the head. You know, I think for me, I personally don't. And he was right. You know, everything you say is just you know speculative. There is nothing substantive, you know, to substantiate the fact that you know Giona can hold this league or what is or what is not. But one thing for sure is that it's really really good, you know, to see that you know clubs actually you know can continue to believe in a philosophy and. That's the important thing there, you know. And also, the, let's not forget the influence of, you know, the City Group. And if there's anything we've known of the City Group is that, you know, they are very, very keen with, you know, a peculiar with what they want and how they want to achieve it. So I think that's one of the reasons why we see that Mitchell is not being sacked and, you know, today they are reaping the rewards of what they're seeing. But for me, you know, I don't think they're contenders. At least I think after like 20 matches at least in January, then we can, you know, discuss and see where they are or what they aren't. But one important thing is just the fact that, you know, we haven't seen a lot of this from La Liga teams, you know, like where, you know, a coach comes and, you know, builds his idea and builds his ideology and, you know, has the club backing him and, you know, bringing in players shrewdly like free transfers, you know, and uh, you have veterans like, you know, uh, David Blind also coming in and, you know, doing their stuff. So it's, it's, it's really, really refreshing and entertaining to see this in the Spanish League as well. Absolutely. And Ashik says... Uh... Ricardo Zamora played more professional matches as a Real Madrid goalie, and Real Madrid goalies can hardly ever win the Zamora trophy. The irony. The irony indeed. The irony indeed. It is what it is, man. Yeah. And uh, German Pereira asks, uh, do you think we uh, we will see Kuller play this weekend? Hell no, man. Uh, so the news out of the camp is that um, we're going to see him after the international break. He was training indoors. He wasn't training on the pitch with the team today. So, yeah. Definitely not going to play this weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just in a couple of weeks, man. It's just two, three weeks later, so it's fine. So it's, it's, it's not that too much far away. So, um, um, I think from the first international break, it has always been the same thing with Adagule. Um, so, yes, if you are saying in a couple of weeks, you're not, you're not sure if there's going to be a relapse or not. Oh, boy. Come on, man. Like, don't jinx us yeah, already. That's, that's true, actually. <laughs> but the point is that the good thing is that, you know, he's back training on the pitch and, you know, training with the group and, you know, making match these squads. So, at least, you know, that, that gives us, you know, a bit of hope and we just can, you know, speculate from there as well. You know, we all wish that because he's also quite young and, you know, and this is a play that I always try to reiterate that we have to, you know, calm or rather, you know, tame the expectations we have. Arda basically has played just 18 months of, you know, professional football. And even that 18 months, you know, half of it was just as someone who's going to come off the bench, start here and there, you know. So it's not someone that is, you know, a seasoned footballer because people always, you know, try to forget that, you know. Because for me, in football, age doesn't matter. But the point is, experience matters, you know. When someone has played three, four, five seasons, you can still be calling them, you know, a youngster or a star or a starlet or something like that. But for Arda, basically, he's only played maybe six months of continuous professional football, you know. So it's 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 quite you know difficult to 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 know what you're gonna get with Arda. So I think it's gonna take a bit of time before we can see anything. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Listen. We Brian Diaz, we Jude Bellingham, and um, Adagula. Um, in the four four two diamond, what role do you think um would befit Adagula in, in the four four two diamond? Or do you think um that um that ten role with Bellingham, Brian Diaz in the free, he might, he might actually have to go out on loan very soon? Um, I actually think uh, like I'll go before Farouk, but I actually think Adagula is gonna t- get more opportunities uh, as the season wears on, especially if Ada uh, can get some form going, you know. And I don't think Brahim really has a future here. So I, if someone has to go out, I feel like Abraham will go out on loan or he'll get sold faster than Arta. Actually, to answer the question, I would say like the 4-4-2 is in the future of the club because the point is we're only playing a 4-4-2 because we don't have a striker. The summer comes, definitely we buy someone. We buy someone, we go back to the flat 4-3-3 and then, you know, we see the positions that Arta is going to take. And I think it just goes back to what, you know, Jacob has seen. I feel like Brian is going to be quite lost in a 4-3-3 formation. So I just don't see how Brian can have continuity in the team. And the point is, even uh, based on the reports we're hearing, like even I think Moda, they were saying like, you know, the club actually, like Carlo was so impressed by Arda that, you know, he actually placed him as, you know, the replacement for Jude actually, not Brian, you know, but the injury just, you know, destroyed everything. So yeah, I totally agree with Jacob about the fact that, you know, uh, Arda is most likely here to stay rather than, you know, Brian. But then again, it's too early, you know, like uh, you'll only know once you put him inside some La Liga matches and... Maybe Carlo That's exactly that's that's the point I'm I'm saying. You know, like it's so so early, and also given the fact that you know Arda basically is you know still actually understanding how professional football works. You know, so it's not something that's gonna just happen overnight. But I want to believe that hopefully you know the club can you know show the patience and understanding, and hopefully allow to to see him grow and develop into what he can be. But then, as we know, again, Real Madrid is a court is a cutthroat environment. You know, you have to really the very best of the best. You know, to make it through. Absolutely. All right, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, let's do predictions. Uh, so, Gaia, you go first. Uh, what do you think the scoreline is going to be? I think a 1-1 draw. I'll oh, go with the 1-1 draw. I'm going with Valencia getting a point out of this game. Um, yes, um, I believe in my team. I, w- I won't necessarily say we, we can win the game. Well, uh, history has a lot to say about that. 
I think the officiating will be against us. I think everything is literally against us going into this game. But yeah, I, I think Valencia, Valencia will come out to one draw. My brother, I thought you would go the typical Nigerian route. I know Nigerians are always chaotic. I was thinking you're going to be like Valencia is going to win 3-0. We will tear everything down. We will burn the Benadol from the top to ashes. You should make it more exciting now. Don't be political and, you know, don't try to be politically correct now. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are in the show. We are in the show business. Now everybody wants to, you know, be, be, be controversial and, you know, have controversial things. And I know nobody does it better than my fellow Nigerians. We are always, you know, <laughs> in the thick of things. You are very calm. I think you are a fake Nigerian, yourself, man. We don't even know. Nah, let's, you know, that can maybe you're, you know, you know, actually, Jacob, you know, in Nigeria, like, we have a very, very strong, okay, not hate, but like to banter towards Ghanaians, you know. So if you want to insult a Nigerian, just tell him he's from Ghana, you know, that kind oh. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, man, just uh, jokes apart, though, like I totally, you know, understand, you know, where, where, where you're coming from, from the 1-1, one, one, but I'm just going to go a bit further and go, you know, a 2 and 3 for the Madrid. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping, uh, for me, uh, I hope we shed the curse of uh, preventing, uh, you know, uh, former elementary player scoring against us. So I'm again, once again, going to predict a clean sheet for us. Uh, maybe a 2-0. I feel like Vinny has a point to prove and he's going to score a goal at least. You know, you do know that there, there are two possibilities of a former Real Madrid player scoring against you. Um, Diego Lopez is a former Real Madrid player. Ukuduru is also a former Real Madrid player. So yes, oh, there are two man. angles to that, yeah. yeah. Now I'm not so <laughs> confident about the clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, a two ones uh, is probably like the safest way to go as a Real Madrid fan. Uh, Jermaine Pareo, he says uh, three one to Madrid because of home advantage, and obviously we know Ashik's prediction as well. He's gonna predict a three nil with Jose scoring the hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good one. Very good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Do you guys want to discuss anything else? Uh, Gaia, do you have anything to say before we wrap things up? Um, no, I, I don't have much to say except um, I'm looking forward to a great game from Valencia, most importantly. And um, a very calm one, actually, and hoping that we'll get the job done against Real Madrid because I think um, this win will actually boost morale going forward, you know, and um, it's, it's, all, it's all about our season for that. Oh, wow. Okay. But Ashik actually has a correction. He says it's going to be a Real Madrid 5, Valencia 0. Vinny, Rodrigo, and uh, Jose is going to have a trick. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Ashik, you know, he's hunting this jersey, and hopefully one of these days, you know, so Jose can get the job done for the man, and then we can, we can, you know, find a way to ship down a jersey to, 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 I don't know, I think he's in the UK anyway, so we can try to ship something now, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's pretty much wrap this up. Uh, so I see that there's nine of you already in the chat even now. So if you have not already, please go hit the like button. It really helps. And if you're new here, uh, Jermaine Pereira, if you're new here, uh, you do consider subscribing. Uh, we do this every match day. We have a preview and post-match. We have some awesome content out of the Bernabeu as well uh, with our fan camps coming up for this home game as well. Uh, big upset for that. So do check out our Instagram and our YouTube shots uh, if you have the time. Um, and before we go, like uh, Gaia's uh, socials are in the description below. Go consider uh, follow him and, you know, uh, stay tuned for his La Liga updates because he's going to be tweeting all about Valencia, Almeria and Sociedad. 
last but not the least, let's thank our uh, partners over at Rail Medit Committee for their awesome support. And, you know, uh, Gaia, feel free to, you know, uh, say something that comes to your mind. But me and Farooq, we know what we're going to say. Hello, Madrid. Hello, Madrid. Amun's Valencia.